This episode of The Damn Ryan Show is brought to you by Audible.com. Bears fans, if you find yourself in the car frequently or you take the train to work, check out Monsters, the 1985 Chicago Bears and the Wild Heart of Football, written by Rich Cohen, for free when you go to audibletrial.com slash Show. That's audibletrial.com slash Show. Adam Levine, um, Hannah Montana, uh, they all would suffer. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the Dan Ryan Show, the official podcast of TheLoopSports.com. This is podcast episode nine already, you guys. Can you believe that? We've hit podcast episode number nine. It only took us almost a year. (laughs) We're almost into double digits. Uh, On the podcast this week, we got Patrick, Nick, and Tim. Tim, you haven't been on the podcast in a while. How have you been? What's going on in your life? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I don't know. It was nice to see the Bears win today. Uh, nice to write about them and actually write about three different teams this week, which is uh, it's nice to have some variety. So yeah, it's good to be back. How's chess going? <laughs> chess is going, uh, going well. We got a bunch of new freshmen this year. I'm the captain of the team, so uh, I'm hoping to lead them to victory. Can, can Patrick, can we please add that to Tim's bio on the website that he's the captain of the chess team? No, I think it's already in there. Is it really? Yeah. I, no, it just says I'm on. I think I'm just like an enthusiast of chess or something like that. So please give me, please give me the respect I deserve. All right. Um, I mean, you mentioned the Bears. Do you guys want to start talking about the Bears right off the bat? It did yeah. just happen today, so. Yeah. We're actually excited to talk about them tonight. Yeah, go for it. I mean, I only uh, I only know what I read from the group chat, what was going on in the game. At one point, I thought Mike Glennon had thrown five interceptions in the first quarter. <laughs> that you was guys, false. You guys were messing around. I was sitting in church, and I pulled my phone out, and I read that, and I was like, wait, what? And I like showed my brother. But, yeah. That was just wishful thinking on my part, hoping <laughs> that he would throw five interceptions and get pulled for uh, Trubisky. But that didn't happen, and the Bears beat the Steelers 23-17. to Well, you know what? I think it was kind of the best of both worlds because he still threw an interception. He looked bad. He could only check it down. And yeah. the Bears still won. So, I, I, I mean, yeah. I know they yep. say that he's still their quarterback, but uh, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I mean, even in the win, he threw for 101 yards and an interception, and he was sacked twice. So uh, I was actually his rate, his passer rating was only 74.2. So he didn't play well by any stretch of the imagination. So <laughs> he, he he didn't earn himself any more starts out of today's win. Yeah, I was actually at the game, and it it was really, really bad. I mean, I've seen Caleb Haney play in person. I've seen Rex Grossman play in person. And I'd take them in a heartbeat over what I saw today. I mean, the guy, there's no other way to describe him, but I like to call him the giraffe. That's literally what he is. <laughs> He's a giraffe. You, you mentioned that a few times or twice. I mean, I, I couldn't, today. like, I had to, I went to the game with my girlfriend. She was like, she knows how, she knows how bad he is. And he's, she's just like, how are you getting this mad? I'm like, because I just can't, I just don't understand how you can put this guy out there week after week. Especially after um, last week's loss. That was so bad. And then today's interception, I was right there. And literally, 
people are saying it was Zach Miller's fault he didn't break on his route. Glennon threw the ball four step four like before Zach Miller even turned around, which is fine on an out route. But he threw it to the linebacker instead of where Miller was turning. I mean, it's just it's like and you're backed up. I mean, I get you got you're trying to get the first down, but you can't force the ball like that. And he's shown that he does just that. So I'm I have a lot to say on him, and I'm just gonna try and keep it short. Well, good season. We can. Uh, yeah. So I was in the south end zone, fifteen or twenty rows up. So it was a, it was a really good time. Um, besides. The Marcus Cooper thing, which I'm sure you guys want to talk about. Mm, yeah. Oh, so I was going to add Glennon to the bad portion of today. We might as well stay with the bad right now since you brought up Cooper and his uh, showboating on the black field goal return. It, he ended up getting the ball punched out at the one-yard line after he pretty much slowed down to a walk. I mean, that's... Well, we, we all saw it. Twitter exploded. Yeah, and then the, the, the crazy part is about this. I was, you know, I see him, like, it's happening live, and I see him at the 10 and, like, the, around the 7-yard line, and this guy's, like, jumping around inside me. So I start jumping around with him, and then I'm, like, celebrating, going crazy, high-fiving fans. And, again, my girlfriend's like, Nick, he fumbled at the <laughs> 1. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, I'm like, no, he didn't. You're, you're lying. You're like, you're not right. And then sure enough, like literally a second later, it's on the video board. And I'm like, are you kidding? I almost dropped like just straight like down like onto the field and just rolled all the way home. Like it was it was a bad scene. And here's another quick yeah. thing I wanted to mention about that or just today overall. There were a ton of Steeler fans there today. I never want to see another terrible towel in my life. They, they travel well. I mean, it was it was <laughs> a lot. The, uh... From our, from yeah, our group chat do. here, I have Tim types in all caps. Whoever blocked that field goal and stopped hustling. I was just so benched. mad, I didn't even want to. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Nick Nick Bray says, cut him. Uh, Ryan says, cut him right now. Uh, Nick, you said, F my life. That's how I felt. <laughs> that was the group chat exploding after that all happened. Yeah, and here's the kicker about that too. They get what, however it all works out. I don't know this stupid rule. They get the ball on the one, okay? And it's like, oh my god, John Fox is actually going for it on the one, and then a false start. So that's another thing I want to talk about is how undisciplined this team is. And I thought that was supposed to be the opposite under Fox. It's like Trestman 2.0. It's like the Trestman era all over again. So I'm I'm really happy they got the win. It was a great game to be at. Blah blah blah. But at the same time, some of the stuff they did today, they're lucky they didn't get blown out again. Yeah. I mean, outside of the running game and defense holding a pretty good Steelers offense in check, the discipline or lack thereof, the penalties, the you know check down display by Mike Glennon, and, yeah, and it, 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 there were some things that weren't pretty. I mean, that kind of just took the away from the game. Right and that's where I think... Go ahead, and the defense. And the defense was pretty bad last week. Um, the secondary seems to be much improved, but the pressure has been a little lackluster at times. Um, so, But overall, the defense has been consistent. Um, so as long as they keep that going, they really just need an offensive attack. And they proved today that the running game is fine. But what it was just mind-boggling was that the Steelers 
somehow didn't plan for it. They weren't prepared for all those runs in overtime, despite the fact that the Bears had run the ball like 70% of the time. And and if you just get a competent quarterback in there, I mean, it you know everything is you know everything is there because you know next week or you finally get a team that prepares for the run and actually figures out how to stop it, and you're screwed. I mean, that's basically what happened last week, and the Bears kind of got lucky this week that the Steelers just somehow couldn't stop it. Well, I think what yeah. I think what happened last week too is that I wouldn't blame the defense for being bad last week. I would say that Mike Lennon turning the ball over and then Cohen fumbling inside the two. I mean, even today the defense. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. be honest, the defense really let up ten points because if you think about it, they right. threw uh, that Jordan Howard fumble. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh was on the Bears ten, and then the interception <laughs> by Glennon where they kicked the field goal. That I think that led to. And a then field the other goal. four Glennon interceptions. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, the other four, Mike Glenn, Well, honestly, he there was two in the fourth where it should have been picked off and the Steelers just dropped it. But, yeah, I think uh, something that had to do with the two, Tim, is that J.J. Mm-hmm. Um, Watt's little brother was out today, TJ. Okay. He plays on the line. Um, and then a couple other guys on the line were out. So yeah. that could have been why. But, yeah, it's like, why wouldn't you st- – it's still, why wouldn't you stack the box just- against the Bears when – Mike Lennon literally yeah, had like. This, I mean, that's a good point. This, the Steelers they slept on the game plan and they gave the they let they let the Bears run run at will on them. Yeah, and say what you want about uh, Pittsburgh, but everyone thinks Mike Tomlin's like this great coach. He is very very undisciplined, just like some of the stuff that happened last year with Antonio Brown in the locker room filming and stuff. So I think that uh, that's why I thought this game would be close, just because I just had a weird feeling about it. I don't know. Um, and the fact that uh, they were able to win, it's great, but it's like, okay, we're in the same spot going forward. We're going to have a terrible quarterback. Defense is good. Um, the running game should be good, but what the, if the Packers are smart, they would just stack the box with eight guys the whole game on uh, Thursday night. Who wouldn't do that? And oh, yeah, kind of at the start of the game, too, they were the Pittsburgh was doing that on the first couple like drive or the first drive the Bears went three and out. They ran the ball three times up the middle and didn't get anything. And I was like, here we go again. It's last week all over again. <laughs> yeah. How's the Bears' See, offensive line this year? It's injured, but okay. Kyle Long coming back today was huge for the running game. Um, yeah. Charles Leno Jr. was awful today. Two false start penalties. The one. Took him, got him out of that touchdown range where they had to kick the field goal before half, and then the other false start penalty took him out of field goal range in the fourth quarter, which just can't happen. Yeah, it was a rough day for him. The line's been banged up. Uh, Grassu left again today, right? Yeah. He had a hand injury. He left with a hand so injury. They... Uh, Sitton was out today. Hopefully, I think the reason they kept Sitton out was so he can play Thursday night. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Because it's just a rib injury that's nothing major, which is I was kind of surprised when he was inactive. But, yeah, I mean, the offensive line is going to be good. It all, it all Its weakness is pass. If they're healthy. Yeah, if they're healthy, and their weakness is pass blocking. Just because yeah. you got Leno and then you got Massey on the other side, which is fine. And you can – And they have to they have to do a, a superb job of it because they have a quarterback who's got two left feet. Right. And, and blank, he, does, he can't help them out at all. Right. And here's another thing I wanted to bring up. It's so funny that – Two of the Bears rookies, you know, Adam Shaheen or however you say his last name, scored a touchdown today. Tariq Cohen was a monster again today. 
they're great, but yet they're so hesitant to start the other, yeah. the other rookie they drafted with the number two overall pick. Right. They're st- they started Eddie Jackson. They, the Sh- Shaheen got catch got a, a target today and a touchdown. He was he was involved in great, the blocking. Great great run blocker. Great great run, run blocking. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that people really banged him on coming out of the draft was his ability to adapt to pro style blocking schemes. And I mean, he looked fantastic today. Electric. And then, of course, Tariq Cohen has been, you know, everything is everything he was advertised as and then some so far through the first three weeks. He's been, he's so fun to watch. So that's, I mean, that's a good point. The three draft picks behind Trubisky, they're all contributing through the first three weeks of the season while Trubisky holds a clipboard. And your quarterback throws for 101 yards. So. Who are the Bears playing next? Pack. The Packers. Ooh. Yeah, on Thursday night. And, again, they're not going to start. They're going to go with Glennon again Thursday night because you know they're not going to put Trubisky in against the Packers on a short week on Thursday night with only – really really on those short weeks, you only get two walkthroughs as far as practice goes. So there's not going to be a lot of preparation in there. Um, but if Glennon struggles, if Glennon looked like week two Glennon Thursday night, week five could be Trubisky's first start. Yeah, and I was, it's again, it's I'm really happy they got the win because I assume they're going to go one and three. They're going to lose Thursday, but one and three is so much better than zero oh and three and zero oh and four. There's and you're going to a game against the Vikings. It's home, and then. The schedule doesn't lighten up, but division games are always close. And if you can just get past that with one and three and start Trubisky, I can see the season being not a laughable one. Maybe they can even go get to that six, maybe seven win point. I, but to be mm-hmm. honest, at the same time, you're, you don't want to see John Fox keep his job just for what we said today. So many penalties. Yeah. I mean, the, and here's another thing I don't get. Why is he so conservative? Fourth and two, you have Connor Barth as your field goal kicker. He's had trouble kicking at Soldier Field since last year. Why not just go for it? You're At the time, you're 0-2, and, and you know what he said after the game? If they would have lost, they're like, we would have been in a position, uh, we were in a position to win the game, so we were right where we wanted to be. Like, that's... that's yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> you're lucky you get to say that because it worked out that way. I mean, two things. A, I don't think the win-loss record is going to have is going to save John Fox. I think he's done after the season, no matter what. I don't. I've said it before, and I and I'll say it again. That's just my. I'm dug in on this. I don't think Ryan Pace likes John Fox, and I don't think Ryan Pace wants John Fox to be the head coach in place as they move into the Mitchell Trubisky era moving forward. So. I don't. If they win seven, six or seven games this year, I, that, I don't think that saves Fox. So I don't think we have to worry about that. But you know, we can watch a more exciting brand of football, something that's going to look more like the future when they put Trubisky in, because he will be able to make more plays than Mike Glennon will. He's a better quarterback. He's more mobile. He can stretch the field more. He brings a wrinkle to our opponent's game planning to where they can't just stack the box on our two great running backs and our offensive line that's really good when it's healthy. So, I mean, if they do, if they do to start, you're going to see Mitch Trubisky put up good numbers. Because he'll tear, if they're they're putting eight in the box, he's going to put up numbers. So, 
in the Bears like week one preview slash season preview thing that we did a couple weeks back, you guys were both pretty certain that Trubisky would sit all season, but now it's sounding like you guys both think he well, could start no, soon. No, I, 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 my heading into week one, I, I thought that the date that I circled was week eleven against the Lions would be when he made his first start. And I liked I liked Since that time. I like Monday night against the Vikings, not this week, but the following week. But um, I, it's just so hard to tell because Fox is such an idiot, and it's so obvious that he's he's, <laughs> he's outcoached every. I mean, what else? Do, I'm so sick of it. It's just how can you watch this guy? He completed. He didn't even have a pass to a wide receiver. And listen, I know the wide receivers are bad. Okay, I get that. I'm not saying they're not, but you have three tight ends that are very good, very athletic, very big. You got two running backs who are very good, okay? You can find wide receivers in the slot or run them down the seam. And now Marcus Wheaton's back. And Lennon, to give him some credit today, because God knows no one else is, he he threw one deep pass today and was to Marcus Wheaton in one-on-one coverage. Wheaton should have came down with it. But where was that the rest of the game? And I'm not sure if this is a Dow Loggins thing, because last year his play calling got a little weird. But you got to target the guy. you got to throw the ball downfield. And some of the routes they're running, Glennon on one of, the, one of the drives in third or fourth, had Deion Sims one-on-one over the top. He was being covered by a linebacker. He had probably a yard or two separation. But do you really think a linebacker is going to be able to get that ball? No, and that just tells me right there no. that Glennon doesn't trust himself to throw it over the linebacker or far enough to the point um, where Sims can get it where he wouldn't underthrow it. And that just tells me that another thing that I notice is all the routes are either really short or really long. So that tells me the Bears have no confidence in Glennon to throw anything that requires some kind of timing or like a quick out to the sideline or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, go ahead, Tim. Um... I think this episode's going to be called Go Ahead, Tim. Uh, I just want to... <laughs> you got to pipe I just up, man. Say like a chest. Uh, you got to get you know, in there. Andres was talking about the game this week. Um, and I just want to say that, you know, the Bears would have a pretty good chance if they were to put Trubisky in because the Packers haven't looked all that good this year. They lost to Seattle, and then they struggled week two, and then they struggled week three. They barely won today. The Packers... Uh, beat Seattle week one, too. Yeah, you idiot. You big... Even <laughs> I knew that, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's like, all right, well, I'm going to stop interject. <laughs> no, but... um. So you, you think the Bears would stand a chance to beat the Packers if they played Trubisky? <sighs> Listen, I think the I'm Bears... Asking, I'm asking Tim I think they stand... I think they'd stand a better chance than uh, than they would with Glennon, just because I think he's a better he's a better passer and he's more mobile and athletic. But I I could definitely agree that it's it's a safer bet to wait until next week against Minnesota if you're going to bring him in, if you're going to make the switch. Um, but yeah, Glennon's scared. Nick said it. He's he's scared. He it is his 15 completions today, five to Howard, four to Cohen, three to Cunningham. That's running back. That's twelve carries for running backs, or I'm sorry, twelve completions to his running backs, and then another pair of completions to his tight ends. He hit Deontay Thompson one time, and then Marcus Wheaton, who we've been waiting to see 
for the first three weeks of the season gets two targets, and they hand the ball off 35 times. They just they 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 know Mike Glennon can't go downfield. They're not even going to risk it. Listen, I get to get the biscuit. At this point, I'd rather see Sanchez <laughs> out there. I know what I'm getting in Mark Sanchez. He'll throw the ball yeah. downfield. You may butt fumbles. Butt fumbles. I'll take some butt fumbles if I can get some freaking balls thrown more than ten yards. I mean, in that terms of the offense, you were going to see if you get some freaking balls thrown at you. Yeah, I mean, I love old school Bears football running down people's throats. But if <laughs> I swear, if I see Mike Glennon throw another checkdown, I'm going to lose it. I thought Hoyer was bad with checkdowns. I would take Brian Hoyer. A million years. I'm sorry. If Brian Hoyer, if you're listening, I'm sorry for all the bad things I said about you last year. I love you. If you're listening. If he's listening. Nick loves you. Because, honestly, I would take that guy. The Bears would be 2-1 and one if they had Brian Hoyer. The Bears would be 2-1 and one if they had Colin Kaepernick. I wouldn't even be that mad. I don't care about all the protest crap, all that crap. The Bears would be should have signed Colin Kaepernick over Mike Clark. I mean that's that's a I whole another bag of worms. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I would only as far as a foot as a football standpoint is concerned. Yeah, Mike Lennon sucks. So I mean, it couldn't be much worse. That's that's just pretty much the only opinion I have on that. But uh, there would be so much media backlash, unfortunately, if the Bears were to sign Colin Kaepernick. No, I and I, I understand that. I'm just saying the people. <laughs> I just don't get what Ryan Pace saw in evaluating this guy. Like, how could Ryan Pace and his team evaluate this guy and be like, yeah, uh, he's a really good player. I mean, again, he's a giraffe in the pocket, can't move his feet. He's got bricks for feet. He can't avoid the rush. Um, he doesn't He doesn't have any kind of po- pocket awareness. You notice that on the sack, every sack he takes is 10 or 12 yards backwards. I mean, I just, yeah. I, I just, I've run out of things to say yeah, because his his two sacks today were a combined seventeen yards in the wrong direction. So, <laughs> Glennon bad, discipline bad, John Fox play calling bad. Thankfully, great rushing attack today, two hundred and twenty yards on the ground. And I'm totally and I'm totally fine with playing old school Bears football, playing good special teams defense. And running the football, totally fine. But why not put Trubisky in? Because all the throws Glennon made today, if you're going to throw it five yards downfield, check down, check down, Trubisky can yeah, do that. The same and Trubisky can hand yeah. off the football too last time I checked. Yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure you don't have to know uh, a pro-style offense uh, to hand the football off. Who is the so. Bears running back asking for a friend? Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is the primary running back starter, and then uh, Tariq Cohen's the rookie. Is it just because of all the like quarterback stuff that's going on that you don't really hear about him as much? Because well, I, mean, I he had a pretty. I'm pretty just like I mean, you guys know. I'm just a casual Bears. I don't even know what the word would be. I know about the observer. Bears. Yeah, but I like even that is more effort than I put into the Bears. Um, but I knew Matt Forte was their running back for the last couple of years. I just, I'd never heard of Jordan Howard. Is he good? Yeah. No, he's good. He had a great rookie season. He finished second in the league in rushing last year behind his, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He, but uh, Quietly. He's not very flashy. He's a one-cut back. He takes his one cut, he digs down, he digs, and he takes off, and he's going to try to power through you. So, 
you know, you hear a lot more about Tariq Cohen already this season because he's so flashy and mesmerizing, and, and he he has the potential to, you know, break a seventy-yard run at any at any moment because he's just so human joystick escapable. Yeah, I mean, exactly. His nickname <laughs> says it all. The thing that so, scares me about Howard right now is he's dealing with a, a bruised or it's a hurt AC joint in his shoulder. Yeah, and that's, yeah a sprained AC joint. Yeah, which is concerning considering <laughs> he was down on the field three or four times there, and I want to give him credit because each time he walked to the yeah. sideline, got back up and got back in. I saw a quote after the game, like, the offensive line was praising him, and it was just that's the kind of player you want on the field. But but that's a bad – see, there's that, that draws another – Concern that it could be alleviated by putting by bringing Trubisky in and at, hopefully adding the ability to throw the ball downfield a little bit more because that sprain that AC joint injury that's not going to go away. No, and that's the thing. It's not like on get... five, four or five days rest, you know, or partial rest. That's going to be a problem for the entire season or until he gets shut down or hurt or you know significantly hurt more as a result of continuously taking hits to that. So they have to watch the way they use him. Yes, you know, and he's a back who gets better as the game goes. So, twenty twenty five carries for him is is a good number on the low side. But once you get to that twenty five carry threshold, now you're starting to get a little bit more worried about the hits he's taken to that well, shoulder. Well, what they did today is Howard had twelve carries, um, hundred thirty eight yards, two touchdowns. Tariq Cohen also had twelve carries, and I think Benny. No, Howard had twenty three carries. Twenty three carries. 23, and that's what I'm saying. Now you're getting into the danger zone there by exposing him to unnecessary hits to that shoulder. Right, and I think, and I think I would. You can't really, you can't really overload Tariq Cohen either because he's so small. Right, and I think that's where Benny Cunningham's role is going to have to increase here, especially even going into Thursday. There's some concern about even Howard playing on Thursday. I mean, the guy took a beat break on on the short rest. Yeah, yeah. and I mean Benny Cunningham. Uh, I don't know how reliable he is. He was good in the preseason, but we've talked about it before. That's just the preseason. Right. Jordan Howard looked atrocious in the preseason, yeah, that, but we know he's a great running. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just going to be one of these things where they're going to have to monitor. They did pick up, can't think of his name, some kid off of uh, the Ravens practice squad who was really tearing it up. They're trying to make him into a wide receiver for this week's game. It didn't work out. Um, if anything goes wrong with Cunningham or Howard, I can see him playing a role. He's like... He's got, like, the talent to be, like, a Tariq Cohen type, but he's just bigger and stronger. He'd probably take the hits. Kadeem Carey would have been the perfect third option there for this situation had he not hurt himself. Yes, and that's where his shoulder injury really, really, that kind of hurts him because he'd be a great – he's – he's. I think Howard's more of, like, you know, just straight downfield, one cut, like you said. Cohen can kind of do it all but is smaller – and then carries like this speedy, like powerful mm-hmm. guy, like a combination of He's both. A mix of the two of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where we're really going to miss him. Cunningham's just like a Howard guy, one cut, if that. Right. Well, that's going to be interesting to move forward. But it, but it could, you know, they could really alleviate a lot of that concern by putting Trubisky out there, somebody who's more mobile, who can move around more. I mean, this, even if he's scrambling, as long as he's getting down and protecting himself. Well, that's the thing, too. There was a couple... He's taking carries away from the, the running backs. Right, and there were a couple plays today, too, where Glennon literally sat there, and you could tell the linebackers, like, went and covered the running back and the tight end, and then there was nothing in the middle of the field, and Glennon could have ran for it. But the problem is, he can't run. No. 
And that's that's another thing too. Say what you want about Cutler. He always found a way. If, if the Bears' offense was struggling, there was nothing open. At least he could do it with his legs. You see Aaron Rodgers do it. Aaron Rodgers do it every Sunday. The Packers' offense is struggling. Yeah, he would run. Right. Jay Cutler could run. I mean, he was he could move. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. It's like beating a dead horse. We we know. How many we know that the that the potential positives of making the switch at quarterback far outweigh the negatives uh, you know, at this point, or sticking with the plan as it is right now. So, I just wait and see now. Cross our fingers and hope it happens sooner rather than later. Can we talk about the saying "beating a dead horse" real quick? Where did that come from? <laughs> Was that uh, something that people did regularly at one point in time? I mean, I, I would imagine that it means it's, you know, once the horse is dead, you know, continuously beating it really isn't achieving any further, you know, desired goal. You already killed the horse. Why a horse, dead. though? <laughs> There's so many. Know. It could be a giraffe. They could be beating a dead giraffe. That's Mike Lennon, as Tim says. So <laughs> we, we, yeah. That's good. We'll as Nick says. As me. Yes. Yeah, as Nick says. Correct. Did I say Tim? Yeah, you said. Me. I did say Tim. Oh, I was okay. Contrary. Just, uh, was, just to get the list. I was zoned in on you because you were tapping everything over there at your desk. To get the listeners up to speed, Tim's laptop exploded. <laughs> <laughs> it base. I mean, at this point, if you came over here and, and saw it, that would be believable because it just. So he dropped off the call for the last ten or so minutes. And was furiously texting me in our group chat, asking if he could still be included. And this uh, <laughs> this required him recording and sending a test message on his phone. So he's recording the audio from his phone and participating in the Skype mm-hmm. call on his iPad. And this mm-hmm. is just going to be a disaster to edit, but it's it's fun. <laughs> It's good that you told me in the uh, pre-show that you've got you're wide open tonight. Oh, I am wide open tonight. (laughs) You're gonna have your work cut out for you. Uh, Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tim, don't they give you laptops in school? Yeah, Tim. Don't they give you laptops in school nowadays? It's 2017. Uh, Where's your MacBook? My kid's in second grade and he does half his curriculum on an iPad. The, the, yeah, I know the iPad that I'm uh, that I'm record that I'm doing this from is is from our school. Oh, the lo- okay. Yeah, it's from the, your school uh, opted, or it's yours. Did you it's, steal it's an from, iPad? It's from our school. No, our, every single student in our school. Disclaimer: oh, okay. We don't condone theft of any nature at Loop Sports. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna put that out there. Uh, Wait, really? Because I literally I just copy. I see hey, you better not even start that. I don't need. To, I don't even need that 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 theory floating around. I mean, if you just if you just type in if you just look at my articles and you go to ESPN.com, I just copy them from the main so page and I paste it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And no one God. ever no one ever finds out. We're gonna have so, more report banging the door down. On the Wednesday. Bulls are in the news. You want to talk about that, Tim? Yeah, I mean. This was, in my opinion, a pretty good move. I mean, it seems kind of stupid to pay a player, you know, about fifteen million to do nothing. 
but at the same time, they would have been paying him $23 million to do slightly more than nothing because basically what he would have done is just mentor um, some of the younger players, which I really don't think has that big of an impact. And he also might have actually won some games for them, which would hurt the rebuild. And finally, and most importantly, he would have taken time away from players like Chris Dunn, um, uh, Adam Levine if he comes back healthy, um, Adam but Levine. Paul Zipser, Adam Levine? the lead singer uh, of uh, Zach Levine. Five? <laughs> what are you thinking about, man? My mind. Zach Levine. <laughs> you got a crush on him? <laughs> Paul Zipser. His school issued iPad. <laughs> and hey, Tim is having himself a Marcus Cooper episode. Denzel Valentine. So yes, Adam Levine, um, Hannah Montana. Said it again. Uh, they all would suffer. They all would suffer from from Dwayne Wade. Oh my God. We we would suffer from watching him play, and and I right. And I'm also glad I don't have to see all the embedded tweet, all his tweets and Gabrielle Union's tweets. Just get, yeah. take, goodbye. Take it. Take the money and leave. We're already miserable enough as Bulls fans. We don't need any more misery. Yeah, and that's the thing too. When they signed him, it was like okay, kind of ten years too late. I just want to bring up this point. That uh, Sylvie, I found out about this. I didn't know the Bulls actually had a deal in place to trade for Wade and actually draft mm-hmm. him. And I'm pulling it up right now. I want to see exactly from Waddle and Sylvie. Yeah, and it was. So they had a trade in place with Toronto to acquire him and trade up in the draft. But the Raptors wanted Danelle Marshall, and the Bulls said no deal and got Kirk Heinrich. Now, no disrespect to Kirk Heinrich, one of one of the most, one of the grittiest players in Bulls history, one of the best players in Bulls history, if we're just being honest. Right. And yeah, he just Brit. like the fact that you don't trade trade up for a hometown potential superstar yeah. is crazy, and the fact that Garpack still have a job after that is mind boggling. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was John. That was that was just John Paxson at the time, but still. Okay, I mean, then yeah, yeah. Still, it's the same thing. I mean, he's still there, so still, right. Completely the same thing. I mean, they also uh, drafted Tyrus Thomas over Lamarcus Aldridge because he could and, jump out of a pool. Because mm-hmm. he could, yeah, he could jump out of a pool. That's great. Did they have a basketball hoop anywhere near that pool? Because he couldn't <laughs> score. Nope. He was just. He was something else. I mean, all all he would do was just like dunk and like. And, and now Lamarcus Aldridge is is still a perennial All Star yeah. in the NBA. So right, you know, had a been well over a decade of blunders. Other than the one night they got lucky, extremely lucky in the lottery and got the number one pick and drafted Rose. I wouldn't call it. Lucky. Let's let's. Well, I mean, they were extremely lucky to get. Oh yeah, to get him. They, yeah. did, they did. You know, they were third or fourth or fifth in, in, in the yeah. odds to get that pick, so they were lucky to get him. They and, were really. And lucky. before he, before he, you know, blew his knees out six times and started to try to lay the, you know, groundwork for his retirement, instead of caring about the team, he was one of the better Bulls play, one of the better players in franchise history. Right. No, he was, and I think, <laughs> I just don't think they surrounded him with enough and kind of too little like Luol no. Deng was a nice piece but Keith Bogans and 
pony snell and the, just... I the Bulls backup and rotational guards over the last ten years are similar to White Sox third baseman and Bears quarterback pre Jay Cutler. Just a constant rotation of crap every single year. Calling Mark T. Nate, Nate Robinson and C.J. Watson were okay, but everyone else was bad. Well, Nasty Nate was it was just a joy to watch. So I mean, you know, you, he he was never advertised to be more than what he was. Right, and we weren't expecting you Nate. Could enjoy right, him. we we weren't expecting Nate Robinson to be this MVP. We're expecting him to be a decent player, maybe ten and five, ten points, five assists a night. And then when he would do his crazy, have his crazy games, it was just we appreciated that so much more because we knew he cared stuff right. like that. The thing is, I love Derrick Rose, I'm a huge Derrick Rose fan. When he started with the injury stuff and Reggie, his brother got into it. That's when I started. To that's the problem. That is that's, that is the problem. The problem. He, his, he cares too much about what he's doing after and blah blah blah. And I get that. Ruined his career. And you want to have the white? His, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. His brother, Derrick Rose, Reggie ahead, Rose, Tim. ruined Derrick Rose's NBA career. He ruined his playing career. The injuries obviously had a huge part in it, but the bad advice that he continuously took from his brother mm-hmm. destroyed his, his future in the league because, you see, now he's on a veteran minimum, I mean. Right, and I hope, honestly, I hope Cleveland does well this year, and I hope he does well with Cleveland. It's just, it's so hard for me to like the guy right now, not because he didn't deliver. If he never delivered a championship, it would have been fine, but it's how he went about his his uh, last couple of years here. Like, that whole Miami series, when they, when they beat Brooklyn in the first round, he was completely cleared to play. And Reggie told him like no, and he's like, yeah, I just don't, I just don't feel right. Still, sometimes when someone has an yeah. injury like that, you need to go out there and just play so yeah. you get it back. And then the right. next year, he's fragile with it, gets tears. Uh, I remember he tore his knee up. I think it was in Portland. He tore it up again, and it's just like, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just got to go out there, and that's a whole nother rabbit hole <laughs> get down. But. I mean, it's 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 bad. It's soft. I mean, we see we see hockey players tear meniscuses and come back in three weeks, a month. Duncan Keith has done it at least once in the last two or three years, where at the end of the season he tore he tore a meniscus and he was gone for three or four weeks and he came back for the, for the final week and the, the playoffs. I mean, it's not impossible. Just to have it removed. He just—he was—he played it so safe because he was so scared of his financial future, which, you know, I mean, if you give me five million dollars today, I'll never work another day in my life, and I will never go hungry, and I'll never go broke. So, you know, I, just because you can't manage your money doesn't mean that you need more. Right, and that's the thing where we see with a lot of these professional players now, and I think it's a shame is that. A lot of them get into broadcasting because they have to, not because they want to. Yeah. Because they have to, or they have. Yeah, because they're near broke. Right, there. and it's it's pathetic. I mean, there was there was a I want to say a thirty for thirty on this on the broke, you know how like fifty percent or like seventy five percent. Yeah, I saw that. Would just be broke like mm-hmm. like within like a year. Uh, you know, and I think you know that's what happens to a lot of people who get famous, whether it's sports or not. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean that weighs in on, on your playing career, and but it weighed too much on Rose. 
Yeah, he wasn't a very good public speaker to begin with, so he was never able to walk walk back any anything that he did that portrayed him in a negative light once he did it. Once it once it happened, that was it. He just made it worse when he tried to walk him walk him backwards. So the Bulls spent the eight million dollars, they buy out Wade's contract. What does this mean moving forward? Like what is this how is this reflected in their salary yeah. cap? What is what's next for the Bulls? I, I, you know, no. whatever you guys want to say on that. But, I mean, nothing uh, immediately. I, um, They're not going to go out and make a move of any sort. I got a point really quick. Did you guys see they signed Nikola yeah. Miritich for two years, $27 million, Which is crazy True. to me. That. But at the same time, when Rose was out that one year too, and a, and Butler was injured at times, Nico was good, really good on his own when it was kind of centered around him and he was the – you know, guy who was kind of calling the shots, but at the same time, $27 million for him. I would have let him walk. I mean, for, honestly, when you look at, like, Cristiano Felicio got, like, like $10 million for, like, two years or, like, $20 million, something crazy like mm-hmm. that. So it's just the market okay. right now. I, I know it sounds crazy, but yeah. I, I don't think it's as bad as you might think it is. Okay, so that's well, kind of like... I mean, um, Cristiano Felicio also shows a lot more potential at this point. He's shown a lot more... Progression during his tenure mm-hmm. with the Bulls than Miritich has. Miritich, Miritich has con- continuously had the same problems, the same flaws, year in and year out, other than short stretches, which he, like you said, he looks phenomenal. He has these, he goes on these stretches where he looks great. He did it last year, too. And mm-hmm. then there's stretches where he can't get six minutes a night because he's been so bad that Fred Hoiberg keeps him out of the lineup completely. For, for all the Cubs fans, they, it sounds like Javi Baez. When I talk to them, they say Baez is like that a lot. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but I would like really to hear you guys. He's a good player, but he's not all that cra- he, he's cracked up to be. Right, and I think um, yeah. I'll probably we, Anders kind of brought this up, kind of what their next move is or what this means. I think they really have to try and move or even cut Robin Lopez. There's no reason for him to be on the team either. I know we're supposed to have veteran leaders, and he would kind of be one of those guys. But at this point, Nico's been in the year long enough. Sign him to this deal. Let him be that guy. Or um, we we don't even have a coach that's qualified. Right, to be and, a and that's the thing too. So, <laughs> and what do you guys think about the Doug Collins thing? I mean, I like it, but at the same time, it's like where was this four or five years ago? Like an actual basketball guy who knows what the what the hell's going on. I'm, I really don't even think it's, he's going to have that big of an impact. Because he made it very clear that he's going to be at every one of his kids' Northwestern games. He's not going to be in the building Monday through Friday every day. He's not going to have anything to do with the encore player development. He definitely is not going to ever coach again with the Bulls. So what's he there to do? He's there to just give advice to Paxson and Foreman on player, you know, future player acquisitions. Okay, but are they going to listen to him? That's the thing. That's great. Doug Collins, great basketball mind. Are they going to listen to him? And is Mike Michael Reinsdorf going to care if they don't? Because we know how the Reinsdorfs have this loyalty issue with guys, you know, like Kenny Williams and stuff like that, and Foreman and, uh, and Paxson, where they're just they're their guys, and it seems like they can do no wrong in their eyes. I, w- I want to hear you guys' um, predictions for the Bulls' win total this season. <laughs> 12. 12. 12. What does Vegas have, Matt? 
Like 19. Who's Matt? I, I, Vegas. Las Vegas? No. Nick asked, what does Vegas have Matt? No, I said, what is what does Vegas have them at? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I thought I said, what does Vegas have Matt? Anyway, I'd take, I'd say... It's a bad night for I'd me. I'd say... I'm going to say... Da, 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 the East is so bad, I'll give them 20 wins. I got him at 20 wins. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go any higher than that. Uh, it has the Bulls... Uh, I think I, I want to say I heard nineteen. The other no, day. I heard it was twenty-eight and a half. Someone Vegas Insider has twenty-eight and a half. <laughs> That's a joke. I'm taking the under on that. No. Yeah. Okay, guys, should. I got it here. According to Vegas Insider, they have the Bulls at twenty-eight and a half. Okay. <laughs> Just said that. <laughs> <laughs> this other website has twenty-nine and a half. CBS Sports, for the moon. but uh, that's not crazy to me because the East is so bad. Like, look at the Knicks. I yeah, mean, uh, I mean, some of the trades I've seen, the West is so stacked, and the East is so bad. People are like, I'm not even. Uh, there's a weird part of me that thinks the Bulls can like contend for like the eighth playoff spot for like most of the year because the East is so bad. They'll have to play I mean, really if, well at home and in conference. Right. They're, they're, they'll if, be lucky to win ten road games. Right. And I just, if, I don't know, I don't if, know. I want to see how they look in. Preseason, kind of see the first. Go ahead, Tim. Couple games, but <laughs> no, keep talking. No, go ahead. Tim. If am I, if the greatest singer in Maroon Five history, Adam Levine, comes back mid-season, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if he comes back, <laughs> Grammys and Dunk Contest championships. If he the comes only back mid-season. <laughs> No, he's the greatest too. If right, he comes back, you. if he comes back mid-season and Markinen, you know, plays like, you know, he played at Eurobasket or even close to like he played at the Euro tournament, the team isn't all that awful. But a lot of it depends on when Levine comes back. And with Wade gone now, you know, those odds were before Wade was gone. So I would have to say like twenty-one is my guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, if the East is really that bad. You think Wade is worth seven wins? Yes. No. Oh, absolutely Uh, he is. No. You think think Wade on the bench is worth seven wins? I think he's worth... Not on the bench. Uh, If he's a starter on the Bulls, he's worth uh, seven or eight wins. Nine. Okay. I think it was set kind of high to begin with, so I think it's really like five wins. So, but, um... Is Warren a stat in basketball? There is a higher... I don't think so. There is a higher possibility than many think that somehow the Bulls like aren't in the bottom two, bottom three of the East. I don't think they'll compete for the eighth, but you know, you never know. Markinen, I mean, stuff happens. <laughs> oh my Zingas god! Was really good his first year, and uh, we'll see. I just, I, I'm just watching film on the Bears game, and I just watched the Marcus Cooper play again. Yeah. I want to smack my head off my table, right, my desk right now. Yeah, it was not a good feeling. But. Not a good feeling, the stadium. Because you knew that would come back and bite them, and it did. Yeah. And it's- My last thought on the Bulls is, uh, like Tim said, they do have some talented players, but it's all about the, the Bulls' success this season is going to be determined on how close these guys get to their potential. 
Chris Dunn still has potential. Zach Levine has potential. Markin and his potential. Um, you know, we've been hearing about Nico's potential for three or four years now. How close they get to that potential is going to be the difference between them. Maybe get maybe getting the twenty nine and a half like Vegas has them or winning twenty games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Carlos yeah, Quinn pitched jump pretty well today. Well, not Carlos Quinn, Jose Quintana. Wow, I'm tired. <laughs> Carlos Quinn. Okay, listen, I was listen. I was just looking at it. Okay, thing. Tim. Okay, Tim. Jose Quintana. Okay, I'm, is yeah. nothing hey, but yeah. a three or a four. Okay, he's mediocre, and he's a three or a four in any rotation. I, I was just looking at a a picture of Carlos Quinton on one of the White Sox Facebook pages. Wait, so, wait, so Patrick, you seriously as think Quintana's only a three or a four? No, he was. I'm that was sarcasm. I'm quoting oh, I was going to say every Braves, Astros. Oh God, let's Cubs, not get into that again. I, we all went to war Pirates. with them over the summer in the last year. He's no half. Tanner Rourke. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't Quintana's hold Jay Happ's jackstrap. <laughs> And then we get you, is my that, boy. Is Eloy. that what that guy said? Yeah, no, he really said that. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's proved time and time again that he's at least a number two on pretty much every team, and and you can make an Easily. argument that he's he's number one on the Cubs. And you know, really, the Cubs pitchers—they're also streaky. Um, Quintana's probably the most consistent. Um, so there's easily he he. You know, yeah. you I haven't looked at his game long. No, and I, I think that too. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him in the playoffs. Uh, good for him. Um, I'm also really excited to see Chris Sale. As much as it's going to suck yeah. seeing him pitch for someone else, I'm really going to root for that guy. Uh, nothing but the best. He's always great on the south side. So, you guys, I'm think, really excited uh, to see that he's going to get snubbed. That he's going to lose another Cy Young race. I was just uh, going to ask that. Do you guys think he'll take Cy Young or no? So, um, no. no, just because Kluber and the win streak and all that stuff mixed together. I mean, it kind of stinks. That's how it is. But Duff. <laughs> also, even his with, numbers are better. Even with Sale being the first to crack 300 strikeouts in like 17 years? Strikeouts aren't worth that much. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Kluber's, his, his numbers, yeah. his, his ERA, his whip and everything, is his Statistics that mean you know translate to the team success are better. So I would take Kluber if I had a vote, and I like Chris Sale. You know, hey, I rooted for him for a lot of years. Maybe passionately. someday we'll have votes. That'd be pretty neat. That would be neat. <laughs> we wouldn't give Tim one, but that would be neat. Yeah, Tim. Sorry, <laughs> you're not getting a vote. Why did I search for Carlos Rodon? Uh, are you guys worried at all about? Are you guys worried at all about Carlos Rodon's I'm, future? Because I, I am. I'm bit. extremely worried just because it seems like every year there's some little injury that turns into a big injury, or there's nothing, and then something comes out of nowhere, and it's like okay. The only reason, the only real reason I'm concerned is because all of his injuries have been with his pitching arm. I mean, right, and that is concerning, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this because I've heard so many analysts and people say, "Oh, Chris Sale is going to get hurt in his arm," blah blah blah. But the thing with Rodon yeah. is the injuries have actually happened and continued to happen. And this is something he's a player that the White Sox, the rebuild will go a year or even two years faster if Rodon is good. If Rodon's not good, then I think it's going to take that much longer for that, you know, for them to get to that point. Yeah, if if he's healthy, and this is a minority opinion, but 
the White Sox could easily contend for a wild card next year. Most people were thinking 29. You know, at the very beginning, the re people at the rebuild, people were saying like, oh, 2021 or something crazy like that. For sure, in 2019, they're going to contend, and and I could see them contending next year because if you look if how they, they play, play, like how they've been playing in September, over the last, yeah, oh, yeah, if you look how they, their last like, I want to say their last like 50 games, they've won like. Yeah, and I want to. Have you guys say a break? You can figure out how to hit and, before the All Star break. And and you have you have Kopech coming up. You have him and us coming up later in the season. Uh, you have Moncada continuing to develop. Hanson Anderson, looks good. Anderson. I mean, and look, you look at the AL wildcard race this year. Trash. There's teams that are like five five hundred, and they're right in it. The Twins are like four games over five hundred, and they're the number two wildcard, or they're like they're like six. Uh, yeah, Tim, that's easily. That's a hundred percent. It's funny you say that because I've been actually thinking about this since they called up Giolito, Lopez, and um, Falmer's even had a couple good starts. You think those three, mm-hmm. if they're just decent, and then you have Rodon, who's healthy at the top, leading it, there is no reason mm-hmm. they can contend for a little while next year, especially and Kopech. right and Kopech. If you want to, th- Co- even if he comes in late April, and you got to think, you got to think mm-hmm. Han's gonna go out and get that veteran pitcher like a Miguel Gonzalez. This year it was Derek Holland, which who was just mm-hmm. straight garbage. But I mean, you gotta. He got it. He was right. Funny. He was really nice guy, though. No, really, he, no. He took his. Oh, stand he took up, his gentlemen. Hey, class act, yeah, he, and he was good at the beginning of the year. I think they just if they would if the trade deadline was a yeah. month earlier, I, I think they would have got something for him. The thing with me about mm-hmm. Holland is that I think he knew exactly what his role was when he was coming in, and he just lived up lose to games. It. Yeah, yeah. No pressure. Just go out and pitch no. and have fun. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What's impressed me the most with the White Sox, and we need to wrap up the podcast here, um, over the last couple yeah. weeks, is uh, yeah, their defense. Listen, don't tell, do not tell the producer how many minutes we have left. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going based off the tag two sound. We should have like five minutes left. Moncada and Anderson can get to anything. Adam Engel can get to anything. Uh, Avi Garcia has shown improvement in right field, defensively. I have a lot of confidence in them uh, on the defensive side of things, and they're hitting like a machine right now, all of the guys. Yeah, but I got to – okay, yeah. who plays center field next year to start off? Because I don't think it should be Engel. Charlie Tilson. Don't forget Uh, him. Yeah, Peter but the Borges. if he's healthy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, six, he's got to be healthy, right? I mean, well, yes. That's what, okay. they thought going that's what we said about Derrick Rose for Derek five years. Derrick Rose, okay, Jay Cutler. Yes. I, I mean, Kevin I White. I agree – yeah, I would love for Tilson to get another chance. I know I'd love for him to get another chance too. I think he deserves it, but it's just. Speaking of that, go on, Tim. Make sure you know all you listeners out there. Uh, make sure to check out my article about the Bears injuries. Ah, uh, Tim. Cons- cons- Shameless plug in your own articles. Get out of here. <laughs> no, it was completely on topic. Come on, okay, you guys can go back to talk. It was. It was. I'll give him that. It was. Check yeah, it out. Fine. It was. Uh, it was a great article. Uh, on that note, Patrick, what's coming up on the website this week? Uh, we, Monday is Bears Recap Day. We have our film studies. We're gonna do. We have a passing game, quarterback, wide receiver one. We're gonna do the running game, defensive unit as a whole. We're gonna have uh, Nick's off the cuff knee jerk reactions as usual and uh, Jordan is handling the player grades 
again this weekend. That will all be out Monday morning, Monday afternoon, just like this podcast, I believe. So Monday's Bears Day around here, and then uh, we'll start getting ready for our previews a little earlier with the Thursday night game against the Packers. Right. Awesome. So there's just a snippet of things to look forward to on the loopsports.com coming up this week. Uh, we are out of time here for the podcast, episode nine. Uh, thank you to Patrick and Nick and Tim for joining twice. Uh, <laughs> this has been the Damn Ryan Show, the official podcast of the loopsports.com. We will talk to you guys next time. Take care. Tim, you're fired. Go ahead, Tim.